The number nine tells most of the story of Toronto FC's season right now. With nine wins this season, the club sits ninth in the MLS Eastern Conference with nine games remaining. Toronto FC now look to add new number nine Erickson Gallardo to provide a spark as they look to not miss the playoffs for more than nine times in their MLS history. My name is Mitchell Tierney. You are listening to the Footy Talks podcast, and I had to come in hot with the numbers off the top because we have a new guest on the show this week. It's Waking the Red Numbers guy, Martin Bailey, making his show debut. Martin, great to finally have you on. Mitchell, this is fantastic. I uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I, I'm impressed with the uh, with the uh, string of nines you had going there. That's uh, I'm going to have to dig down deep to try to uh, to match that. But no, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, thanks. Uh, don't fact check any of those because uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm I'm sure they're all fine. Uh, alongside him, uh, Jeff Nesker is back on the show as uh, we'll talk about Toronto FC's home stretch on this week's Footy Talks podcast. Jeff, let's let's start with the Orlando game because I guess that's um, kind of the the furthest back, and and it kind of behooves us to transition into the Canadian Championship a little bit later on the show. So let's talk about that kind of disappointing 1-1 draw. I mean, that's a team that you'd hope to to take out of the playoff race almost altogether with a, a three points at home. Uh, but now all of a sudden you've got that team ahead of you on goal difference right now after they won last night. Uh, 1-0, Tesho Akindele, by the way. Eight goals leading the team in scoring. So a, a player to watch there in Orlando. But uh, what did you make of that match? I guess a you know, one kind of sums up the season for Toronto FC was that match. Yeah, I mean, is it weird that I remember almost no specifics of that match and I was there in person? No, it's just not. sort of an, <laughs> an ephemeral kind of blur of meh. That's that's all I remember. Uh, it was just meh, more, more meh. So, I mean, if you want to use the word meh to encapsulate TFC <laughs> 2019, I'm, I'm all for it uh, based on, on that criteria. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I have anything, uh, anything to add beyond that. I, I, I remember everybody was chirping at each other, but the specifics have just sort of evaporated into the, into the dustbin of history for me. Yeah, it's, um, it, it was definitely one that I think the team needed to get three points out of. Um, we, we all kind of the first half of the season, understood that uh, you know the offseason was a bit wonky and, and Pozuelo maybe didn't get in as quickly as we would have liked and uh, some of the TAM money maybe wasn't spent as early as some people would have liked and the Gold Cup and the international um, break was about as rough as we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there was positivity in the air after Montreal away. There was positivity in the air uh, with uh, Benazé and, and uh, Gallardo uh, being signed and, and, and the back line getting shored up by uh, Big 44. Um, but, but I've got to be... I, I, so, so with all that being said, the weaker team coming to BMO Field, those are three points that... I was expecting us to grab to mm-hmm. to to really jumpstart the final ten games in the league, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a sleepy sleepy first half. I think uh, I think it was Omar said himself that that it, the team almost needed to go down one before they they snapped in 
Uh, not that that was the plan, but it's certainly the way it played out. That it, it was the final 20 minutes before um, they had the hunger or the precision that we would have liked to have seen in the first half. And that's concerning too, because of course, you know, with with the talent Toronto FC has, and we, you mentioned a lot of it, you don't just want them to to make the playoffs here. You don't just want them to kind of cruise through these last couple of games and get into uh, a playoff in the Eastern Conference that is, quite frankly, pretty easy to get into, considering some of these teams. You know, Orlando City have had a a pretty awful season, but now all of a sudden they're tied with Toronto FC and and literally tied for points in terms of. Uh, a playoff team so it's it's pretty easy to get into the playoffs in MLS right now but you know going deeper is is the big goal here and you'd want the club to to start looking a little bit better to start having some of that killer edge and you know you mentioned that goal waking them up that you know that's not good enough you want the club at this point to be uh to to you know be self-sufficient in that manner and to to have the pride in itself to to go out there and kind of especially at home um impose their will down the stretch Jeff, uh, I don't know if you have some thoughts on that. No, no, just it, it was very well said. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, my only thought is, and it, it, this just occurred to me, is we could bridge the two playoff formats in MLS from 2.0 to 3.0 by missing the playoffs, which will yeah. be interesting. Like it will be a, a, a weird sort of macabre feeling because we'll be, we'll have missed the, you know, I, I won't repeat myself, but there, there you go. Well, it, it's interesting when, when the changes were coming down the pike at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. I know that uh, a lot of was made about the seven slot getting in. Uh, but for me and for my money, this is a tougher, this is a tougher uh, playoff format. Um, you, you've got the seventh team coming in, mm-hmm. but 100% of the minutes on the road have disappeared. Like, so if you get in as the seven, the six, or the five, you're going to get zero minutes at home during right. the playoff season. Uh, so, so finishing top four is, I would say, even more important than uh, than it would have been under the old format. So, I, I see the the current playoff system more locked down. Uh, than the previous one, and uh, and limping in in the seventh slot, uh, you're not going to do yourself any favors. Yeah, that's a, actually a really good point. Is is yeah, the fact that you know the especially with what we've seen from Toronto FC this season, um, and, and in the past, how important those home playoff games are, and really the, the home crowd. And you know, like you said, th- this is a format now that's really in some ways the goal was to try and reward those teams that finished higher up in the standings, um, even if they do add more teams into the mix. And and we've seen some teams obviously come from low in those standings and, and run off the playoffs, but um, it is really for those top teams like your LAFC, um, your Atlantas, uh, you know, of last year to to really get that better chance to play all their games at home and to have that advantage. So, yeah, it, it definitely is something you'd want from Toronto FC, especially with how condensed um, the, these playoff standings are right now, especially in the Eastern Conference, with how easy it is to, you know, not necessarily easy, but with how limited points there are in between, you know, all of those top teams. So um, that's certainly going to be something to watch for the next little bit is, is, you know, how quickly they could potentially rise up those standings if they can, or, or any of these teams can put some uh, points together quickly. Uh, Martin, you look like you get a point on that. Just to put a, a bow on, on that 90 minutes versus Orlando. And, and maybe it's uh, to Jeffrey's point about taking the macabre look at things. But um, in the South end, when the penalty kick turned into a free kick, um, mm-hmm. It maybe wasn't the worst thing for this team to not be at the spot. I know that uh, 
I, I know that Pozuelo's been uh, money from the spot, and, and it seemed like he and Josie were sharing the ball back and forth, so I don't know who would have ultimately taken it on the day. But mm-hmm. um, the, the two touches and in uh, from the side of the box uh, ended up uh, getting us the goal that we needed, and, and sometimes maybe the free kick, uh, especially with this team, is, uh, is just as good as the penalty kick. Yeah, certainly. Uh, given Toronto FC's history, that's a that's a pretty funny point to, uh, like you said, kind of put a bow on that match. Let's move on to the Canadian Championship, kind of the positive um, aspect of of this week for Toronto FC. And uh, I, I said it last night. I'll put it on the record. Uh, Ottawa Fury does a very good job of making Toronto FC look like Barcelona every year. <laughs> um, they really have not found a way. Now to... everyone's going to know that I stole that from you from yeah, the Slack yeah, chat from my game true. Trip, so. There you go. Well, well this, this is uh, the messy of uh, Waking the Red, correct? Well, thank yes. You. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, go on, uh, Mitchell. Both of those comments. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that uh, certainly, especially in the home legs of, of these matchups in recent years, you know, Ottawa has had no answers for Toronto FC in it. Uh, it becomes a bit of a hard... Uh, measuring stick in some ways to know exactly how much we can take out of it being Toronto FC versus how much of it is uh, kind of Ottawa's downfall. So we'll put a a bit of that caveat on uh, anything that follows. But uh, I think probably the main point of the match for Toronto FC was that we did see Erickson Gallardo for a full 90 minutes, the first kind of extended look we had at him. Again, you know, you never want to judge a player off limited minutes like this, but this is the first kind of look most of us have had at him. So, uh, what did you kind of make of his game? Because I think that there was a lot to like for me, except uh, of course, you know, he, the finished product in front of goal, which is always, uh, <laughs> I know, uh, always gets a little dicey when it comes to Toronto FC because we've seen a lot of players like that that uh, have a lot of flash but not much finish. Hmm. I mean, I, he was fast. It was uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Like he was certainly he certainly has pace for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I see him as a project sort of akin to Schaffelberg in, in res- with respect that his game's very direct. Um, I think he's a better dribbler than than Schaffelgod. I think mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, he's he's definitely a more techy sort of player, but that there there's that same kind of directness. Now, whether that's just his unfamiliarity with his teammates and yeah, we'll start to point. see a lot more, you know, uh, 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 nifty, nifty skills kind of stuff from him. Uh, or, or if it's just, you know, his age and, and, and the fact that he needs to develop and, and add that layer to his game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, such a small sample size. And again, like you said, uh, we had our way with, with that fury side for, for long stretches of that game. Mm-hmm. So mostly I'm, I'm disappointed because, if I'm being honest, because I, I expected him to come on and tear that team apart. Yeah. And, and the fact that, that they sort of held him to, uh, to, you know, they sort of held him off from, from really, really owning and, and dominating. Mm-hmm. It gives me pause because there is a huge step up in quality between uh, the Fury and MLS sides. And let's not forget that this is the dog day of the season. So every mm-hmm. team's got skin in the game and they're going to, and they're going to come with their best, 11 and they're and they're going to have a game plan etc 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 i'm just worried that that we're leaning too heavy on natural ability for unproven players with too little time to gel uh up against 
sides that are are in a hunt for for points. I mean, the East is is so so stacked right now. And like Martin said, the the new playoff format, which is you know still got a huge asterisk on it in terms of how it's all going to play out and what it's going to mean and whether it it, it allows a, a side that's having a, a a you know a blitzkrieg of a season like LAFC to just coast through to MLS <laughs> Cup. Um, you know because. Uh, you know, I'm intimidated by the stats guy, but I, I've read lots <laughs> of articles where the where the stats are um, home wins are so much easier in MLS than away wins. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still a bit mad about this new playoff format. One, I love aggregate. I love aggregate. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Like there's nothing <laughs> better than doing math equations two beers deep in the 45th minute. You know what I mean? Like it's just like so are we winning or are we losing what has to happen? And it's fantastic. And and we don't get to do that anymore. And in a league where um you know home and away matters. It matters. And 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 you know, by all logical metrics, I don't understand this new playoff format. I really, really don't understand it. I can't get behind it. Um, you know, if it's about the individual franchises making cash off bums and seats, well, you just cut out one half of the equation. So mm-hmm. how does that make any sense? Uh, you know, if it if it's going by the established precedent of the league, how does it make any sense? Aggregates rule. That's just my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit bummed and, and I, I, you know, TFC, let's be honest, like if they get that seventh spot, it's 2015 all over again, like one and done, like just, you know, substitute drug by and the impact for, you know, team X and, and there you go. Right. Like, because we'll, we'll be in their house and I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in us, in someone else's house with all the, with all the, you know, all the chips on the table. I hate to say it. Yeah, I, uh, Mitch. Mitch, I, I, I'd be interesting to hear what you've heard and read on the issue. I think uh, part of the playoff system was not a solution to itself, but a fix to upcoming problems. I, I think that I think that the league really wanted to hand out the trophy before the November right. international window. Uh, I think that the league has eyes on possibly competing in the club world cup and having their teams finish before then. Mm-hmm. And mostly I think the Qatar world cup is an issue and that they don't, they don't want that MLS cup being handed out in December of 2022. So, or, um, so I, I think that they were, it, it was more mm. of a trying to shorten the off season or sorry, the, the postseason as opposed to penalizing the teams in fifth, sixth and seventh. Unfortunately, one of the byproducts is they are punishing the teams in fifth, sixth, and seventh, and 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 we happen to be that flavor of ice cream this year. Uh, in, in sixteen or seventeen, uh, it wouldn't have uh, been so negative for us. But but um, but yeah, I, uh, I I thought last night this won't be fair to anyone when I say it. But um, when you ask about Gallardo last night, obviously there was a ton of talent on display for mm-hmm. TFC, and it was a maybe a a fathers versus lads uh, match at some point. Um, the two on the road definitely gave them more breathing room than last year when they only brought one goal home or in 2017 when they brought a 2-1 deficit home with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a little bit of the Agra Keche out with the, the B team 
You know, I think it was yeah. Houston. There was a couple of yeah, yeah, we all, we all remember there. that Houston. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, 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 and I'm not trying to say last night's squad was that squad, but I saw what Jeffrey saw, and I'm hoping that it will translate into something more tangible when he's playing with the full A squad in in these last eleven games. Is what I'm hoping. No, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think when you know his service will improve. And, you know, the, the targets he'll have in the middle will improve as well, specifically with Altidore. I mean, he'll, he'll get better runs to play off of that sort of thing. So um, certainly as the competition improves, you know, he also gets better pieces around him. Um, on the point of, of you know, the, the playoff format, which I, I'm not fully sure how we got there based on the <laughs> question, but this is what Jeff does at his, uh, <laughs> at his best. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it, it was an interesting discussion. So I'm glad it, it did get brought up. Um, yeah. I, I certainly think, you know, there was that one year where, um, you know, if the U S men's national team had qualified for that confederations playoff, and, you know, every team had lost, uh, certainly Toronto FC would have lost Josie and Michael Bradley at like a crucial time of year. And was it Australia or New Zealand that they were headed to? Uh, it was one or the I other. Remember, yeah, I think yeah. it was in Asia somewhere. Yeah, it was oh, certainly. Asia, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was certainly. So it was none of the part. other. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> it was none of the other. <laughs> um, but, um yeah, certainly that would have been horrific for the MLS playoffs and, and completely would have put like a billion asterisks on everything that happened thereafter. So um, I definitely think that that's, uh, you know, uh, just probably as important as, as it is to give the benefit to these top clubs is is that idea of, you know, finishing up the season a little bit quicker. And there's probably other ways that they could have done it, but this is the one they chose. Um, getting back to that Ottawa match, uh, I, th- I think we'd be remiss to not talk about Nick DeLeon and the incredible performance he had about that. I mean, if you want to talk about men against boys, I mean, that was the, the guy who really took the game by a stranglehold. And, um, you know, speaking of, you mentioned Messi. <laughs> um, there were yeah. moments where, you know, Ottawa made Nick DeLeon look like Messi, which is not a... Not a great look for uh, Nick DeLeon if we want to, again, put the barcelona Tromasi <laughs> comparison uh, there. Uh, or, sorry, not a good look for Ottawa there. Yeah, um, yeah. Two goals and one assist during the game. I mean, he's he's really been one of the best signings for Toronto FC this offseason. We'll, we'll start with Martin on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of those names from around the league that that we we've seen come into to Toronto once or twice a year, and 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 a real uh, workman like effort, and 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 you were hoping that you know this reminded me a bit of you know 2016 and 2017 and some of the signings that we brought in there. Uh, instead of you know you can always find treasure abroad, but but sometimes you need to build your team around. Um, Around the beta shores and, and and the players uh, from the league, so so I, I'm happy that it is working out the way it is. I had a quick look before we came on, and and so he's now got his seven goals. Uh, he's been playing in the cup, so he's got a few extra matches than the others uh, mm-hmm. with Pozuelo and, and Josie having their nine. But uh, Dillion is up to seven now. The the five in in the league I had to look at. Two of them have come in added time, uh, but uh, they're. Two wins and three draws. They haven't lost in the five games that he scored. Uh, and so it was a, the add-on and the 3-1 win. Um, and uh, and then in three draws, and then it was the deciding goal in a one-goal win. So in those five goals have given Toronto FC five legitimate points 
in the standings uh, without those wow. five goals. The three draws turn into losses, and one of the wins turn in, into a draw. So uh, he, he's seen them to their fourth cup final now uh, with his brace and his helper. But but uh, but yeah, he, he's he's helped them out in the uh, in the table as well. Good stats, man. Yeah, I mean, wow. my 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 favorite part of of the Nick DeLeon performance last night is that he didn't know what a brace was. Yeah. I mean, he's a <laughs> I don't know if they were pretending or not, but that's hilarious that he had no idea what a brace was. Uh and he was quite embarrassed that it like spread like wildfire around the media scrum and and everyone was asking him that question. I thought it was pretty cute. And he bossed that game. He absolutely bossed that game. Mm-hmm. Uh now, and he's coming back from injury too, which, you know, to 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 pin it back kind of shines a, a, a bigger light of disappointment on a player like Gallardo for 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 that performance, right? Um, you know, if if Nick DeLeon coming back from injury, feeling a bit testy, looking for confidence, can just boss the game like he did, then it should have been open season for everyone else in that starting 11. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, that, that's that's just my take on it. To be fair, Gallardo coming back from injury as well, as, as far as we know. Oh, true. He, I he forgot about in. the requisite training injury. <laughs> he did yes, come yes, in yes. With, a, with a bit of a knock, which, again, seems to happen with, with every Toronto FC player. They come in, they disappear for a month, and then all of a sudden they're, <laughs> they're suddenly in the lineup. Um, I, was, felt a little uh, che- I, I felt a little cheated last night that Jeff's uh, North End got all three goals in the first half. Uh, but when I went back and peeked at the highlights on the uh, streetcar home, uh, that three nothing goal. He just he fancied himself, and and it looked like he was a couple passes away, but he he deked out the one uh, midfielder and and picked his corner. It was uh, it was a, a hell of a solo effort for sure, without question, absolutely. Yeah, certainly was a a, a great goal and uh, potentially a candidate for the MVP of the tournament if he can put together some some good uh, play in the final there. Um, let's talk about the the one final thing I wanted to bring up for Toronto FC, and that's Noble Okello making his his debut. Uh, he's been with the club since he was 12 years old and uh, came on for the second half once, uh, I guess, kind of garbage time minutes for Noble Okello. I mean, they had it well and truly secured by the time he came on, but uh, s- some good flashes from him and, uh, you know, a pretty... Uh, a pretty solid performance. I mean, again, it's it's kind of tough to tell considering Ottawa seemed to have uh, largely given up at, at that point. Uh, and we're already thinking about uh, their their next league match. But uh, yeah, what did you make of of Noble and you know the, this finally a chance to to play some first team football? Uh, I I think it, I thought it was fantastic that that um, that's one of the one of the avenues that, that Toronto FC has is this competition. Not that they don't take it seriously, yeah. uh, winning it seven out of the first 11 times. They clearly, <laughs> they clearly rate the competition, mm-hmm. but uh, they're able to use it to get some of their academy players minutes. A- yeah. And, and I, I'm glad that the, um, that the competition allows for it. Um, uh, Cause I think even in past years, they've allowed, players that aren't on first team contracts to come up uh, for some of the earlier rounds. So I I think it's great. Uh, I think it's, it's a wonderful tradition. Um, I've seen not, not as much as uh, Ben or, or, or some of the other guys that, that get up to to many of the TFC two matches, but I've caught a handful each of the past two or three years since they've been included in our uh, season ticket package. And, and it's been a treat watching him. So to read his quote uh, afterwards on Twitter about being with the club since he was 12 and, and moments where he caught himself smiling that, that 
I think it's I think it's wonderful that that this opportunity exists and and there's been players like um, uh, you know Jordan Hamilton or, or um, um, Ashton Morgan even that, that that got their starts in the cup and and it led to years with with the club so so there's no reason to think that this is a one off or a two off I, I think it's uh, it's it's a great way to open um, to open his um, time with the club with with the first team but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that that's part and parcel with the of the cup competition. Getting to play uh, clubs and leagues that you don't normally see, but also getting to play some of your players that you don't get to see, and the fans get to enjoy them for the first time as well. Yeah, I did want to pick up on that just briefly before uh, you know I give Jeff a chance to talk here. Is uh, the the fact that um, you know you know Toronto FC comes in, of course, in this competition, the semifinal rounds. Uh, I really don't mind them having to play more games. Like I don't mind them expanding out this tournament and, and maybe giving the champion, uh, you know, a bit of a, a less easy path to the final. Because, you know, sure the the top clubs will not be very happy that they have to play more games. But what does that mean? They have to play some younger Canadian players. So that's probably the the goal of the competition, anyway, is to to get more Canadians involved. It just makes it more exciting. So, uh, you know, I know that with with the format, the way it was this year, it was a lot based on the fact that they had all these Canadian Premier League clubs coming in. They had an uneven amount, and uh, they weren't really sure what to do with all of them, so they made some wacky rules that... Uh, wacky. <laughs> ...that uh, meant, uh, you know, some of them got got some buys that uh, were, were, you know, very bizarre. But, yeah, I, I'd love to see the tournament expanded a little further and and even more of these Canadian championship games for for MLS sides because I really do think that you know only good things can can come of it. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Let's let's move on with the Canadian championship discussion because of course there was uh, another semifinal there, uh, the Montreal Impact. They defeated Calvary. I guess neither of you guys would have seen much of these games because you both would have been coming back from BMO Field. Am I correct? Well, I, I caught the second half. Okay. I, I mean, I caught is, is very liberal use of the term caught, but <laughs> yeah. it was on the television and, <laughs> and I was sort of in the throw of it. Um, I mean, uh, one, isn't it called Spruce Meadows? I, I, I heard it referred to as a different name so, on the MLS mothership. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can jump in there. Uh, having worked at Spruce Meadows from 2003 to 2005 wow. for the show jumping. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, what? It's, <laughs> I, oh, I, I got skeletons for days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's a massive, gorgeous, um, uh, giant operation out there spruce mm-hmm. meadows is the name of, of but there's within that there may be a dozen different um rings they call them in equestrian but so right. so the international ring is where the million dollar horses do their million dollar competitions mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of smaller uh fields i've not been out there for the football setup but when they say atco field that would be one of the smaller stadium setups within um the bigger spruce meadows um uh, yeah Mm. All right, drop drop in truth. That's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, all is right in the world. Toronto versus Montreal Canadian mm-hmm. Championship final. All is right in the world. That being said, uh, let's you know let's raise a, a cup to to the cavalry uh, because it would have been nice. Uh, you know, they, again, it would have been a second notch on the belt because the first was knocking Vancouver out and mm-hmm. they did that. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's all about baby steps. And, and like I said, you know, who, who, who doesn't get, who doesn't have all the time for a Toronto Montreal cup final. Uh, 
But yeah, you know, again, cavalry, uh, good run, uh, undone by a, a very was it was a very early goal by Anthony. I, yeah. I at least know Anthony Jackson Hamill scored because <laughs> I got all the time in the world for Anthony Jackson Hamill. Uh, but I, that's about as much as I, I know about the game. Yeah, I, I think I think I even got the notification while I was still in the South End. I want to say it was the thirteenth minute without looking up, but but mm-hmm. it was certainly yeah early on, and then that 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 giving them the three one spread. Uh, I didn't see much of this last uh, ninety minutes, but but for for cavalry, it was um, yeah, it was a, it was a great great run for them. I think having the spring tournament locked up and, and having a, a place in in the Canadian PL championship tie uh, mm-hmm. allowed them maybe to concentrate a little bit more on this cup run. Um, the, the first team to ever uh, play in four rounds of the Voyager Cup. Um, Wow. It w- is something that's never been accomplished before. It's obviously a bigger tournament, mm-hmm. but uh, when when they knocked out Vancouver, it was the first time in fourteen opportunities that a clear minnow had beaten a team from a higher league. Um, now I- I'm putting um, the Fury and the Old Eddies at an equal level there uh, right. from the Nassau and USL, but but from a clear different. Um, step in the pyramid it was the first time in 14 so yes certainly they they absolutely did themselves proud and and there's not really um much drawback in in the table because the the fall competition is is really just keeping uh in shape for the final um and yeah i had one more thing about that but now oh yeah it was just shout out our friend oliver platt who uh, said on twitter last night like i said i was following along with the events on my mm-hmm. ride home and uh, I guess it's been 400 minutes now since a cavalry player has scored at at Gofield at Spruce Meadows. Wow. Uh, there's an own there was an old goal, own goal mixed in I think for York Nine since then, mm-hmm. but it, it's not since Camargo scored in the two one win in the Cup versus Forge two rounds ago was the last time wow. a cavalry player actually scored for themselves at home. So wow. uh, they they've definitely yeah that's the knowledge from Ollie Platt. But so they 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 uh, they're where they want to be in the league, but uh, they'll certainly want to be uh, getting into a higher gear before the championship round comes around. Yeah, sounds like some uh, field condition issues there, which I guess uh, can always end up being the case uh-huh. with a, a new venue like that. They're trying to figure all of those uh, logistics out going forward here. L- let's talk about that final a little bit before we move on from the Canadian Championship altogether, because uh, third meeting, which seems kind of surprising between uh, Toronto FC and the Impact, you would have thought there would have been more uh, one win each in a Canadian Championship final, I guess that just shows how how close the Vancouver Whitecaps have come to winning this competition and <laughs> have only been able to do it once. Um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, yeah, like you said, I think all is right in the world is a great way to sum it up. I mean, this is a, a truly perfect final. It's two teams. If you want to look at MLS, they're um, literally tied in the standings right now. They're they're gonna have at least one um, big match, you know, remaining in this season as they take on each other, you know, in MLS play. And, and now they get two more chances to do it at, at a pretty crucial time in both of their seasons in September. Um, so what do you, what do we make of this final? We'll, we'll start with Jeff. Well, what's the injury situation for the impact? I mean, what's, uh, what's Nacho's uh, situation right now? Is he... I- 
I think he's out for the league match for sure. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I would expect him. I mean, I haven't heard that it would last four weeks, but mm-hmm. they said that he would miss a couple matches. So he won't be coming to Toronto next weekend, I don't believe. Right, but they'll be they'll have him available for the Canadian Championship ostensibly. Okay. So I mean, I mean they'll be two full strength sides, uh, and and you know who I can't predict the future, but let's just assume that they're still pretty even on points in league play. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have two sides that are not just looking for the Champions League berth, but are also looking to uh, gain that momentum right. uh, and the points over each other. So we could end up with with games that are that that have ramifications that reverberate around both the Canadian Championship and MLS which is you know pretty fantastic so mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm there for that you know <laughs> yeah definitely uh, th- three derbies in 32 days uh, coming down the stretch mm-hmm. as you said uh, Mitch w- virtually tied in in the in the league standings as well and on the red line of the playoffs it's it's kind of ridiculous with with the ramifications of all three. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see um, if there is any rotation. I, I don't think there has been much rotation in the cup final the last few years. I, I, I think Vanny does any sort of subbing out in the semifinal. I think he usually brings um, his his best eleven for the cup finals. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, leg two at home he has. Uh, but but yeah, with, with with everything to play for. Uh, and, and those playoff berths, meaning I think as much for Vanny as it does for the for the Toronto <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, supporters, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see um, see who he feels. I, I mean, at that at that point, it, with, with the with Toronto's best eleven um, over these last nine league games, I, I think it kind of is time to start giving them some familiarity with each other, sending right. them out when healthy as much as you can. And if that machine gets running together, I don't think you maybe tinker with it too much um, in those cup games. The next four weeks, I think, are all weekend games in the league. There's no there's no midweeks for the next four weeks, so mm. there should be plenty of time to, to get your best team out there. Um this not for nothing, but uh, when I was looking at the numbers again, uh, I think all three of us from our chats are on the same page with Alex Bono, and uh, I don't know how he got the, his current role with the team, but I think we're all in agreement with what his role with the team is. Um, but if he gets these two cup final matches and he doesn't get any more league matches, uh, he'll end the season in a tie with Stefan Fry with 99 appearances for the club. Wow. So if he doesn't if he doesn't get back into another league game, he might end up leaving the Reds tied with Stephen Fry, and we know how that worked out. Uh, yeah, Stephen Fry in Toronto. So uh, I'm not wishing Whew, goosebumps, so well. goosebumps, <laughs> and chills at the same time. It's, it's a but hopefully that 90, Hopefully for the people wearing red, that 99th match is uh, is a cup hoist on the 25th. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Uh, those are some incredibly poetic numbers if they do uh, <laughs> come to come to pass. Yeah, um, this is a really interesting final, I think, from from the sense that these are two sides that I think very, consider themselves to be very incomplete at this point in the sense that they've both brought in a lot of new signings. You look at uh, Bojan certainly coming in for the impact, uh, Blue Tabla coming back as well, and, and a couple of other ones for them. 
um, that Finnish player whose name I'm, I'm going to not try to pronounce. <laughs> um, it's uh, <laughs> Lapanainen, I think, because um, it's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good. I think he even consonants. nailed the accent. Um, so. <laughs> well, I, the Habs are basically exclusively Finnish players at this point, so I've had some <laughs> <laughs> I've had some practice in the in the Finnish names, but. Uh, yeah, this, this really could come down to, in some ways, which team is able to integrate these players faster and get top performances out of them, um, which which makes it incredibly interesting and, and kind of leads us well into uh, our discussion, which is how we'll finish this off with uh, where things go forward from here. There's nine games remaining for Toronto FC, as we mentioned off the top, uh, nine games to get them back into the playoffs. Two if you add you know the, the um, Canadian Championship games as well, so up to 11. Uh, Martin, you have a point on, on this right away. Well, just looking at the nine, and uh, I would be interested in your opinion on these. I mean, mm-hmm. Columbus away, they're below us in the standings. They're 11th. Um, three points on the road is never easy, but I think yeah. that if this team fancies themselves going into the playoffs with uh, any sort of momentum, they need those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal at home without Piatti, uh, again, that's a team that you're tied with. It's the you can't squander those three home points. Uh, New England, New England away might be my asterisk game because that's a team that's ahead of them in the standings. Uh, it's a house of horrors. Like uh, uh, Foxborough is just always has been a house of horrors mm-hmm. for for TFC. Uh, but but that's a team that they're going to need to catch. Uh, uh, if if they have hopes on top four, but I, I think we're probably looking at fifth or sixth at this point. Cincinnati away is a must win. Uh, New York uh, City uh, at Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, one point I think they'd be fine with there. Colorado at home, you definitely need points against a team that's the 11th in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, LAFC, I think you really enjoy the weather out there and, and take lots of pictures and, and, <laughs> hope that, and hope that LAFC isn't getting their 71st and 72nd and 73rd point of the season because they could absolutely break the record with us in town on the third last game of the season. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sucks At, at least it's not our record <laughs> At least they're not oh. taking it literally from us. And then Chicago away and Columbus at home. Um I won't say that the schedule uh, makers have done us any favors, but uh, if if we've backed ourselves into a corner and we absolutely new, need points, mm-hmm. those aren't the worst two matches to finish the season on. No, certainly not. I mean, they've got, I think it's five of those nine games come against teams that currently aren't in playoff spots, which um, I know, you know, you're always talking about desperate teams who are around those playoff spots, but a lot of them are like pretty much probably going to be wrapped up in terms of their season by that point. So uh, that gives Toronto FC some some pretty easy cannon fodder uh, in terms of, you know, what, what you look at on the schedule. Uh, obviously, they haven't always taken those opportunities this year or in the past couple of years, but um, that's, you know, certainly helpful in that regard. Uh, I think Martin mentioned a lot of them. I saw Jeff wincing at every game that got mentioned. But does uh, do any of those well, games? Because I'm I'm looking at your rundown here. Yeah. And the bullet point says which games are we circling as the most critical for this club? And then in brackets, 
it says each pick one. And yeah. Mr. Stats Boy over here <laughs> just basically ran the gamut and picked no, no. all of them. No, so, I, I picked New England. I was no, no. And then, then to add insult to injury, he picks the one that I was going to pick. <laughs> and I even had notes. And he doesn't even mention, doesn't he? To, you know, it's already getting bad, but he doesn't even mention why I picked New England, which is yeah. Bruce Arena. I want to see Bruce Arena coach against TFC. He's, he's the golden goose, right? I mean, if <laughs> if this is the end of Vanny's tenure, um, we missed the boat on Arena, right? And and he's already got experience coaching, what, 90% of our team through the U.S. men's national team. So, uh, yeah, um, I thought you all were going to pick the obvious away at LAFC Saturday, September 21st at 10.30 mm-hmm. p.m. on TSN. But... Uh, uh, none of you hey, did. No Martin, Martin, picked, Martin picked everything. Um, also, while I was doing my research and looking at the schedule, mm-hmm. why is our decision day matchup against the Columbus crew? Was that... What do you mean? That's our biggest s- rival. No, it isn't. And, <laughs> and the Trillion Cup has been already seeded to whatever the hell is real Derby anyway. But... <laughs> I mean, it just, it reeks to me like somebody was making the schedule when Bez left and was like, oh, let's put them together for the last game because <laughs> they're really going to hate each other. And we're like minorly inconvenienced by each other at best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we wish them well, like maybe we cross the other side of the street, but Columbus isn't really, you know, turn, turn in a, like we, we don't hate the Columbus crew and that's our decision day matchup. Yeah. That's We're going to hate the Columbus crew when Jay Hams bangs a brace in and costs us the playoffs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> one, he'll know what a brace is, which is one step of Two, um, I mean, I think I was discussing this. Has he, has he even played a minute in a Columbus kit yet, like at all, garbage time or not? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he necessarily has. I don't know has. if I've seen him in a lineup um, yet. But anyway, just going by the rundown, my pick away at the New England Revolution because Bruce Arena – uh, because he's turned that team around like crazy. Mm-hmm. They're a machine right now. They're like the East Coast version of uh, Almeida with uh, 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 the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, he took he took uh, Archie's Jalopy and turned it into like uh, Reggie's sports car in like three games. So, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. I, like, let's, yeah. I, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in to see what happens there. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass the conch to Mitch so he can tell us what his uh, what his game was. I actually did have TFC against LAFC, and <laughs> <laughs> the the reason being, look, I, I know that's probably the the most likely game for them to lose based on everything we've seen from LAFC. But like I said, I don't want to just see if I'm Toronto FC. Um, you know them. Them just picking up the easy points and squeaking into the playoffs. I want to see clear progression from this team, and I want to see a side that can compete with the top teams in MLS. And if they can get anything against LAFC in that game, you know, a draw or a win, that's a massive confidence boost for this side right before they have to be at their most confident. So that's that's why I picked that game. Martin, you had a point on that. One and one. Uh, MLS.com says no. Jordan Hamilton. May have worn a shirt, but uh, no fans have seen him there. Okay. He's got zero minutes for Columbus. And number two, I'm wondering what team goes to L.A. if that's the game in between your cup tie. Right. Because we have Montreal on both Ooh. sides of that. So if you don't have designs on picking up points in L.A., mm-hmm. how much of an effort does Vanny oh. feign at that point? Damn. 
That, wow. That does add an uh, interesting I just thought of that, that now. Game. Yeah, many, many yeah. wrinkles. That adds, like, multiple wrinkles to the situation. Yeah. But, oh, whew, stats. <laughs> Uh, can we get Agar back on loan for that game? That seems like a, <laughs> an Akeche uh, run out there. Akeche, Armando Cooper. <laughs> I mean, all the time in the world. Ben Washeru. Mitch Tainter. So th- yeah, yeah. This absolutely. lineup says 43 minutes into the show, we're supposed to start talking about Bachelor in Paradise. Is that so legit? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff may have hijacked my uh, lineup at some point here. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll maybe save that discussion for for a later time or off the show. But I, I did want to end with uh, the you know the the factors in this final stretch. Maybe one of us will or will do one each for that, uh, Martin. That's uh, a shot at you. Just a one each this time, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or. Uh, at least to try and keep it succinct in that sense. But um, what's uh, what's you know what are some of the factors that we're looking at here that are going to be key for Toronto FC down this stretch in terms of uh, again both making the playoffs and you know putting together a good momentum um, here. So when they do get to those playoffs, they're they're in pretty good shape. Uh, we'll start with you, Mark. Um. I I am not going to be the first nor the smartest person to say this into a microphone, mm-hmm. but it's the back line for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, Toronto FC has to keep the ball out of their net over the last nine games. I, I've been fairly impressed with um, with how they've looked over the last uh, few games since Gonzalez has come in. Um, I think that I think that uh, Westberg makes the stops he needs to, and some that you're. Uh, uh, you're happy that he did. I think he's good at managing uh, the back line back there. Uh, it's nice to see Drew Moore uh, get his health back, but not be required every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad it was just a Charlie horse that um, Mavinga went down with uh, versus Orlando because health is is important. But no, yeah. the back line <laughs> for me. I think the the score the scoring will will be there when and where it needs to. But but. I, I'd love to see the back line continue uh, to strengthen because that was their downfall last year. Mm-hmm. Jeff? Uh, for me, for me, it's focus. I think there are so many things going on behind the scenes. You know, Bradley's contract expiring. Vanny basically with his feet on the coals right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Ali Curtis having to measure up to his first year as GM. Uh, you know, a rotating cadre of midfielders all competing for for meaningful minutes uh you know uh, f- uh one one forward who is a, like several several classes above the next in the depth chart who also happens to be made of glass uh who unfortunately <laughs> could go down and and just you know torch the whole the whole situation so so it's about it's about focus, right? I mean, I like I, I could add uh, penultimate examples like Pozuelo, who now has to figure out what what it means to play soccer for eleven of twelve months <laughs> with almost no break. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, 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 Osario, who's who's like, well, they gave me a raise, but I'm not make I'm, I haven't made the numbers that I made last year. Mm-hmm. Alex Bono, who was the first uh, the number one keeper, who's now the number two. There are so many distractions. Uh, we found out in the in this off season to end all off seasons, just how toxic the locker room got for TFC 2018 based on all these weirdo things happening. Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, p- 
pulled in from the ephemera. You have to imagine that not much has changed in a season. So, you know, from the outside looking in, it just seems like there's a million different distractions going on in TFC land. And they're all pulling the team in opposite directions. And then you add two new guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so for me, it's about, it's, it's really about focus and, and it has to start with the top. It's about Greg Vanny, um, you know, cracking that whip and, 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 and putting this and really putting, you know, to say, to use an old and very tired cliche, putting the team on his back essentially and just mandating like a, a sort of uh, uh, laser focus, or I, you know, it may be down to Bradley because certainly Bradley's that kind of that kind of dude. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, for me, for me, it's focus, one hundred percent. I think the talent's there. Uh, that's the general consensus from most pundits that I read. That there's just this overwhelming sense of disbelief that a team this talented as Toronto FC are still so mediocre when when you look at the numbers, and and everyone sort of raising their arms and saying how and 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 i think it may come down to focus That's yeah to kind of to kind of build on that i'll add just getting the mix right down the down the stretch here i mean there's there's a lot of questions still i mean they have so many different players they can use now somehow we've gotten to this point in the podcast we haven't even mentioned the name nicholas benaze mm -hmm. um which is not great news for him in terms of how how he's done <laughs> so far in his uh, toronto fc time uh, but uh, again, you never want to judge a player that early on, on in terms of how he sits in. But uh, the the fact that you know it's so important that Benazay and Gallardo hit the ground running here is is also a bit of a concern. And you know we've we've already seen you mentioned how many midfielders they have. Well, you know how many of them can kind of fill in that defensive role beside Bradley or anywhere near Bradley? Because we've seen so many times over the past couple of weeks where. Um, all of a sudden, all three of your midfielders go forward, and all of a sudden, it's you know Bradley that's not nearly as fast as he used to be, yeah. uh, kind of shielding a back line where you know you might have Larea up already on the right, kind of in an attacking position, and all of a sudden you're outmanned and and outgunned again there. So, uh, getting that mix completely right for Greg Vanny is ultimately, I think what's going to decide whether he keeps his job or not going forward here. And it's it's a tricky proposition, but uh, it's one that you would expect a top manager like him to be able to do uh, with the amount of talent that I think Ali Curtis has really afforded him here. Um, so I think that uh, w with that, we're going to bring the show to an end. Uh, it's been some really good discussions here tonight, I think. Some, some good numbers from Martin. Um, Jeff's gone off on some tangents that have actually brought us to some good places. <laughs> um, so that's been that's uh, what I do. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, that's I, what he does. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I had a tight forty-five minutes uh, prepared on the Campione's Cup. No, no time. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let Jeff start on the Campione's Cup. <laughs> we, we will. That was that was bold and underlined in my show notes tonight. <laughs> we'll not be doing that. That'll be for the. Uh, the extra time of this podcast but uh thank you to to both of you for joining me and uh, to the rest of you uh have a great weekend and uh enjoy all this great soccer that we have coming up.